I'm Stephanie March uh, on my talk 1071. I'm here with a very brand new co-host, you guys. Hit your red button. I've got Ms. Alex Laudner here with us for the first time. For the first time. I'm so excited. Are you the first time on radio? Because you've been on TV. Uh, you've, you're a writer. You're a local food personality. You're you're an influencer. No. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I, I think, yes. I mean, definitely in this capacity, I've called in. You have called in, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I called in to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've but, had you on um, that way. I do. I do like to harass radio personalities. Oh, good. But um, no, not never like this. I never sat here with this mic in Microphone. my nose. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's new. It's fresh. Very cool. Very it's cool. W- welcome to Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> okay. So, Alex, you are uh, self just let's let's talk a little bit about who you are and why you're on the radio with us today because let's. you are uh, a writer um, but yes. like I said you've also appeared on TV as a spokesperson and stuff what's your relationship to food what do you think let's Ooh. start with that one that's like an interview wow no kidding you didn't say it was gonna be this deep yeah um no we get well, so I think I think of myself as a writer first so okay. I have uh, a master's in creative writing and I went into writing you were I'm going to write. I'm going to write. Were you going to write the novel? The Great nope. American? Nope. It's never been fiction. <laughs> I've always been interested in my, my uh, degrees actually in creative nonfiction. Oh. Uh, and short do- stories. Okay. I know. It's weird. It, I apparently never wanted to make money. But right. uh, so, I, so I started off as a writer and just happened to be that my first gig was actually at Minnesota Monthly. Oh, Which right. I didn't realize at the time was kind of the top. And I, sure. and I thought, wow, I... Just got this little gig and it happened to be about food. And my obsession is coffee. Oh, right. So coffee is where I wanted, right. where I started. I started writing articles and columns about coffee, which parlayed into food. And coffee is a food stuff in my mind. Coffee is, is the stuff of foods. And I love the, the cultural connection. I'm not from here. And so I'm fascinated by the And where are you from? I'm from Israel. Okay. The Mediterranean where it's warm right now. <sighs> Right, mm-hmm. I know. So I, you know, food connects us. Blah blah blah. We all we all know that, and just the fascination, the the psyche of food and food culture is what's really interesting. It's, it's to the me. jam for you. You yeah. love in the coffee shops. You and I had talked. Um, we sat in a coffee shop. Actually, we sat in a bakery and then talked about coffee shops. And we I have. didn't realize that. What is your favorite thing about coffee? Or let me ask you this: What makes a good coffee shop for you? Community, absolutely. Oh, it's community, really. Oh, over yeah. like brew and over one hundred percent. You have to feel like you walk into a coffee shop, and what's like your judgment moment? If I feel like I can sit there for a couple of hours, yeah. if I feel like um, 
I don't like hard chairs. It's it comes down to simple things. Yeah. I want to feel like I can be there for a while, and you know I'm going to spend money. I don't like you know it's not about staying there for six hours and getting the free refill. But right, right. You know, coffee. That's a coffee house to start. I I can nerd out on this. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. The Devil's Cup. Read that, people. It's a great book. Oh yeah, yeah. History of coffee houses. It started out. Coffee houses start out as as a place where people did their taxes. Oh, oh right, yeah, right. That's right? where they would meet up. You That's told me they in would Austria meet or something, or no? England. Okay. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I know. Yeah. Well. You know, it's Saturday, Saturday morning. Again, it's Saturday morning. This, up. Is, this right. is how we go. We sort of like, <laughs> we feel things, we say things. Sometimes we have to backtrack. How did we get here? Yeah. This is what happens. All right, so, so coffee is, coffee to me, I mean, I love coffee. You have to love coffee. You could obviously have tea, but it's all about this, the hub of the community, the heart of a community. Every place, I have a, a little poster in my kitchen that says, if I can't walk to a latte from here, I don't want to live here. <laughs> So oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so what okay, so what would be your three favorite coffee shops in the Twin Cities? Like three. You don't have to say like you don't have to rank them. Just like what are your three of your favorites? My go to is five watt. Okay. On Hennepin. I um that's why I have a lot of meetings. I ask for meetings there. Uh it's just it's just easy and the staff is always great. You just feel like you nobody's judging you there. Totally. And of course the the Kingfield. You have to have the Kingfield if you go there. It's, oh, really? Oh, because what is so that? Good. And what's in I the don't Kingfield? know what's in there. You don't want it? It's just I don't basically... know what's in there. It's just what I walk in and I say, yeah, do that. Oh, it's so good. And is it sweet? No, I don't like sweet. No, me either. That's Mm-mm. the thing is like, I can't have those drinks that are too sweet. Mm-mm. So the Kingfield is good. Kingfield is good. Okay. I don't know what's in it. Okay. Yeah. Lee, call me. I don't it know just, what's it in just, there. It's your jam. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, more coffee shops. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you know, I do love Cafe Astoria. You got, you do. I remember I seeing a lot of shots on your Instagram about that place. Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard to park there. They that need to whole little weird figure angle. Figure that out. Yeah. And for but, those of you guys, it's in St. Paul. It's across from Hope Breakfast Bar in St. Paul. It's across from Hope Breakfast Bar. Yeah, they were there before Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of it as it's across the street from where my baby was born. Oh, the hospital. Yeah, there it is. Yes, and I do love that. And then. You know, any place in, I hate to say it, but in the suburbs, because it is a pain to park. And if I'm in downtowns, yeah. And if I'm going to sit for a while or if I'm going to have a meeting, yeah. I want easy access. Yes. You know, I want in and out. Yes. So what's mm, what's a suburban place? Mm. I mean, a suburban place. Would, like, do you, like, is caribou a thing or not for you? Can I say it? I don't really like their coffee. That's okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're not, evaluative. Not. No one, we're not sponsored by caribou. No, okay. <laughs> Yet. Right. No, not 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 a big fan. I mean, their spaces are fine too. I'll meet anyone anywhere if the space is good. If right. the space feels good. Yeah. You know, as a as a, I don't think of myself as a creative person, but if I have to work, if I'm working, I want to feel good. About How do you I'm feel at. about Starbucks? I kind of want your opinion on Starbucks. Yeah, it's okay. I like Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's definitely better. It's the best chain. Yeah. That I do. You think so? I think so. I think it's pretty solid. I mean, I'm not I'm not against Starbucks by any means. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. one of those people who's like, you know, no. I mean, I, we all know size, I have hard so. opinions about some stuff. I tend to give Hanson a bunch of, you know, sort of guff for her Taco Bell issues. But, <gasps> I mean, that's a whole different thing to me than... <sighs> coffee is funny for me because I love coffee and I have it every morning. Like, every morning I have two cups. Winter, Cheers. summer. Yeah, this orange thermos is always mm-hmm. full. And I love it. And yet I'm not so snobby about it. I rotate my beans. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I get at home. I like, 
I sometimes I do Pete's, sometimes I do Carbo, sometimes I do Starbucks, sometimes I pick up, you know, uh, Peace Coffee, sometimes it's Intelligentsia. I really just, I don't have like a feeling about all of it. I just, I go through a bag and I think that was great. What's next? Right, right. And I don't have a snobbiness about the places and I have a pour over, like I have a Chemex wow, and you, I like it fancy. on a Sunday, but I also don't need it. Like right. I don't need it. I don't crave it. My husband makes my coffee every morning. Yeah. Full disclosure. Oh. Right. Right. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you think you're nuts, I drink Israeli instant coffee. And is that like a little pack that you just pour in and nope, stir it around? It comes in a can. Okay. In a big can. It's called Elite. It's what we all grew up with. Yeah. And it's what I crave. It's I get that. I can just get it off Amazon. And it's oh super, God. super fine. So it's really smooth. Yeah, it's like espresso powder almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, I am a big... Uh, I always... I remember as a kid making my mom's coffee and like scoop taking two scoops of the Folgers Instant. Sorry, Mom. And putting it in the cup. <laughs> and then I would throw in one little tab of like the saccharin. Like she had like the little saccharin tablets for sweeteners. And I'd throw in one cab and i just wait. And then the, the water would... And then I'd pour it in and I'd stir it for it. And I'd bring it to her. And I think now I'm like, God, the, the amount of like stuff we go through to have a perfect cup of coffee, you know? Right. And our right. moms were just like, just put, just put some water in it and just stir it. We're good. Just absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I drink Folgers when I go visit my in-laws in Arizona. Do There's you? nothing wrong with that. No, I just, I never, I like, I just, that's at this point now I've got like the whole system down with mine. And so I just do it. Right. I will say I do have, uh, I have um, someone, my 27 year old is living with me for uh, before his before his lease starts in March. So I'm sort of his stopover. And that is the one thing I realize. I'm like, you, you have to like the coffee, you can't mess with the machine and it has to be in the right way. And like, just push it back when it's done and like, make sure that you don't overdo the, I mean, I got weirdly, like I've lived alone and Jake doesn't drink coffee. So I've been the only coffee drinker in my house for years. And all of a sudden the 27 year old comes in and does his own thing. And I'm like, this is, you're not doing it right. Oh, I thought you were saying he was saying to you. No, no, I'm the crazy one. I'm, the mess i'm the chaos or he's the chaos and i'm the like um not realizing how important it is to have everything perfectly right for my morning coffee okay there it is all right you guys we're gonna take a quick break we're welcoming alex to the show um we are going to talk a little bit about los angeles because alex is just freshly back from there a little bit about travel um and we have a great show for you ahead of you we're doing a little fondue chat we've got a little uh couple people calling in maybe we'll see it's gonna be a good time Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Knob Creek. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this. Uh, it's the first Saturday of February, because I know last Saturday was the last Saturday of January. That makes this one the first. Um, and I'm here being joined with Alex Laudner, who is a writer. You've written for Eater. You've written for Minmo. You've written for me Yay. at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. So we're just happy to have you here to do radio now. Thank you. It's going to be fun, right? Thank you, Hanson, for going to Mexico. Hanson is in Mexico, and as she is wont to do. And uh, she's got some great pics if you check out her Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm not, not following her, just so we're clear. Sometimes there's some controversy around that. But I am watching her whole trip because I am super jealous. <laughs> because I am like... I'm not going to get anywhere this winter, you know, for a vacation. That's but you, okay. you have just come back from Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. And it was lovely. I don't think about going to Los Angeles. Like, well, it doesn't occur to me to be like, oh, hey, let's do that as a trip. But you, I, I don't go to L.A. to go to L.A. I no. go to L.A. because one of my best friends lives there with her daughter. And it's I, I was telling you, I go where I can 
crash on people's couches. This is the smartest way to travel. Yeah, I mean, still, the only like, way I can. and we're like 50 plus. Like, that's right? the idea is like, you don't have to stop like visiting your friends. That you Like, fine, stay in a hotel if you want to. But if you can stay, I like to stay with my friends because I want to stay up till 2 a.m. talking. That's and that's well, we're, we're told for 2 a.m., okay. but we wake up early and go for coffee. This is true. We walk to coffee. So that's when we get our our girl talk on but it's she has a daughter and I brought my daughter and so the four of us stay up and yeah until like 9 p.m. Oh my god I what you know. crazy human I know it's so a party. did you did you go out like did you go out for dinners and stuff yes yes we went so Grace is the 20 year old uh-huh. and she I love it because she plans everything oh, which I'm, a, I'm the planner in my family yep and it's fun, but it's so nice to get that break and just uh-huh. say whatever, whatever Grace wants to do, let's do it. So she planned some really fun stuff. We went to, um, I know I'm going to not say that right. Yep. Yeshimura, I don't, Yamushiro, I don't know. I One don't of know. those. Yeah. But <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Japanese um, sushi place up in the hills. Oh, really? Oh, the views. I think I posted those. You know, it never looks as good in pictures. No, I know. No, that it shouldn't. I mean, like that's the thing is, you should have your moment, and then right. that should be your moment, right. right? With all the all the lanterns were up, it was beautiful. Oh, nice. And then uh, you know, the the biggest surprises to me. So they live in Beverly Hills, and everything is super walkable there. So we, you don't really. Everybody says you need a car in L.A. Here's what I'm finding, is that if you, every neighborhood in L.A. has its own little downtown. Yes, and true. so. I don't think you need a car there as much as you need it if here. You, if you plan to go to between the neighborhoods, you know, I think. For sure. I think we, the last time, not the last time, I don't remember the last time, but I did open a restaurant there millions of years ago in the Redondo Beach area. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in Redondo Beach and I just like, that was like, we just walked up around that whole little area and that was like great for me. But exactly. we also wanted to go, you know, up, we went down to Santa Monica and we went up to other places. And so that part, but I agree i mean like, traffic is not great no there no traffic is well i mean but, you saw la la land <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like la la and everyone's dancing everyone's dancing and singing and the so bars and the streets yeah it's, it's weird mm-hmm. so you have to drive yeah you have to drive between places but i live in saint paul proper and i don't walk anywhere so that's I true walked more in beverly hills but don't you think that's also climate? Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> well, I say like that, but I don't walk sunny. in the summer either. You don't walk in the summer Not either. Really? I live on Como Lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, moving you, on. But you don't have. You're right. It's. The, I mean, you could walk around the lake and get coffee or whatever. But like, I hear what you're saying. Like, there, it's a little bit more planned out there. And that was intentional. Right? It feels like it. it that was like the it. entire area, especially Beverly Hills. Right. Oh, Within God. a half a mile. I stopped counting how many coffee shops. And yeah. so I pick a coffee shop every morning. Yeah. And we get from up early and we walk from, from her apartment and we walk to a new coffee shop every morning. And it's just, oh, and it's all good. Yeah. It's all fun. You're outside the entire time. Yeah. Sitting outside. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So where, <laughs> I'm sad so now. did you eat? Did you feel like, so, so, Grace the planner, did she like mm-hmm. think about like, okay, we'll have like a fine dining place, we'll go to a, like a little tiny place, or how does she, how did that all work out for you? I planning? basically tell her choose the places you've been dying to go to. Oh, okay. So, so pla- they were new to everybody. Been... Like mm-hmm. they were new to them too. Yes. Oh, great. Yes, sort of. She gets. She's an actor and a director out there. Yeah. So she she does get to go out to fun events. Like remember events? Oh, no? yes. 
So she gets to go to those. So she's been to a few of those places in that context, but not as a sit down four of us dinner. Right. So, yeah, but I was I was really surprised at how much great food there is in Beverly Hills proper. I thought Beverly Hills proper would be no, you know, soulless. I don't know. We all have this like very. Uh, Eddie Murphy back, you know, like, like I have, that's my picture of Beverly Hills is from the Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills cop movies. Sorry. Well, that's accurate. And pretty woman. Right. That's what the houses look like. Yeah. But she lives, I don't know, two, three blocks from Rodeo Drive. She's in the heart of it. She's across the street from a Whole Foods. Wow. So she, yeah, you just, you walk out of her apartment building and you're Like, what does an apartment cost there? That just to me makes me wonder. Like, so they got lucky um, they have a two bedroom, two bath apartment that I love. Yeah. I think it's adorable. Um, I don't know if I can say. Yeah, it's, you can yeah, say. It. I can say it. it's like it's like three grand. Oh wow, three grand a month for two bedroom, two bath. Eh, is that a lot? I don't know. That's my problem. <laughs> I have a idea. I went from like renting a house to buying a house, so I don't think that. But I mean, I paid you know under that for a whole house, so I guess yes. Well, and we've been looking with with her. We, uh, I helped them look for a house while we were there, and they that she's been to looking, me is amazing. Not to buy, okay, but to rent. We're talking six to eight thousand dollars to rent a, a house. month. Yeah, and that's not the really, really. No, I know. If you look at Zillow. There's thirty five thousand dollars a month houses. They're easy. But so this is the thing is like, and I'm wondering about like your rent. Like when you have to pay that kind of a rent, you don't really get to go out to eat to dinner. Like you don't get to do the big fancy dinners very often. I, I assume not. No, uh, right? they're not really out to eat people. Right. So uh, I'm not in the right crowd for that. For sure. But there's so much good food right there in Beverly Hills. I was really surprised by that. You don't have to go. You know, I kind of thought, you know, the Jonathan Gold thing where you have to go into the heart of L.A. and get the good street. And I'm sure, I'm sure Sure. it's fantastic. We haven't done that yet. I'm sure it's amazing. But I had some of the best chicken mole tacos. Really? I've ever had. In It's called, I know I'm going to mispronounce it. It's called Guisados. Do you know what a Guisado is? Yeah. Yeah. So the stew. Yeah. And it's this little red building with a big tent all around it. And of course you can sit outside year round. Yeah. In the back of uh where was it? Saks Fifth Ave no, where was it? It was behind Neiman Marcus. It was behind Neiman Marcus in Beverly Hills. Oh. In the parking lot. You're surrounded by Mercedes. And was it like a taco truck or was it No, a, it was a, like a it was a shop? real building but small, a real red brick building. They have several locations. They bring their food in from their main location. It's fantastic. Yeah. Handmade masa ta- uh tortillas and great super simple street tacos. Oh good. Rivaled any, rivaled everything. Ev- any taco okay. I've ever had. So then so there is a street food culture there even though you're in Beverly Hills which you assume is going to be like kind of snooty and crazy and and you know. Well, that was probably the only place. I mean, right? That may be it. That may be it. And right. coffee, but there's coffee. Coffee, you know? really good coffee out yeah. there. Really really good coffee. And then we have our favorite is we call it the $30 yogurt place. Yeah. Uh it's called Go Greek and it's frozen Greek yogurt. Oh. Like you know Yes, the, yes. Yep. And with fresh fruit, but we're talking fifty bucks for three of us, four of us. So it's three of us. Yeah, Angela usually doesn't get. Yeah, so it's it's so worth it. You feel so good afterwards. And yeah. So that's more a, a real Beverly Hills experience, but it's delicious. 
Yeah. And you feel good. You yeah. feel good eating it. It's not. And did you stay? So then you stayed there. You didn't venture out. You're saying like you didn't oh, go. We went everywhere. Yeah. Went to Malibu. Oh, you did go. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I went to Malibu. I, I, well, I love the ocean. So that's priority number one. I feel at home when I hear those waves. Yeah. So that was romantic. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. But so. Yes. Well, that's good. So you'd recommend LA as a trip. Maybe, you know, base camping and then, like, you know, find a good spot Outer that has LA. a neighborhood and mm-hmm. then go. Right. Right. Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa Barbara. That's next. That's Santa in April. Monica. Yes. Okay. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your warm stories because I'm very jealous of all Sorry. of you and your uh, jealousy warm pictures. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about some <laughs> the opposite of tropical fondue. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steph March, and I'm here with Alex Laudner today. Hello. She's on the mic. She's uh, hanging in the studio for the first time um, as the Weekly Disher. Uh, okay, so I know that today is kind of gray. It's gray out there, yo. It's... Here's my weather report. Why am I back? Oh, it's February. <laughs> is that your weather report? That's my weather report. Um, It's February. And it's a little bit. <sighs> actually, though, it's like it's a little warmer today than it has been. It's going to be like 20. That's like a gift. And um, there's tons of fun stuff happening in town, so that helps. But, I mean, I feel like you either have a choice. Like, you can either be out there and doing it, or you can be inside and hunkered down. And both of those choices are valid and wonderful. Can you be bitter while hunkering down? Mm, I think you can be. Okay. Especially if you've just left palm trees and sunshine. It might be a harder intake. You know what I'm saying? But my friend says re-entry is tough. Yes. It is, so don't you hard. think? Mm-hmm. As someone who's like come back, yeah, yeah, I do. Sure. I think there's something to say about like I, you get cured. Like your body is like a fine ham, which has been cured to the cold, if you will. And so, like I can be outside now, and it doesn't bug me as much as it did, like maybe in December. Well, right, because you start seeing Minnesotans wear shorts when it's thirty degrees out. I know. And as you pointed out in my post, my friend. Is in a winter coat and a yes. hat, and I'm walking around in a tank top. Yeah, in LA. That's, in LA. I always found that funny. I had a couple of friends uh, out there who would be like, you know, we went out in, in, in November once. I was out in Pasadena in November for Thanksgiving once, and they were all in their big, chunky Jaker sweaters <laughs> and everything. And I'm like, I'm wearing shorts, yo. And they're like, that's fine. You're fine. You know, but this was like their only opportunity to wear their big, chunky sweaters, you know? Right. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll yeah. be wearing those through March. So I'm not going to do it now, you know? Right. But anyway, so the thing that I think is like, I, you know, I definitely think about like, okay, we're going to be watching Olympics, you know, some downhill skiing, some curling, all the fun stuff. And then I think about it in terms of what do I want to be eating while I'm doing that if I'm going to be hunkered down? And I keep lately have been coming back to fondue. I know. I know. Do you have any fondue history in your family or? No. No, really? No. Do you like to fondue? I'm trying to think of if. If have if you and when have you ever fondued? I know I own a fondue set. You own a fondue pot. I believe so. Okay, I'm gonna Rachel. I'm about to ask you. You have to represent all the young people now. Do you or have you ever fondued, Rachel, our producer? I actually just fondued on uh, New Year's Eve. Woo! Yeah. It, at home at somebody's home at, or you, the restaurant. At, yeah, was it your home or was it, was it my home? Yeah, mm. except they're hard to find fondue sets. Yeah, I mean, me and my boyfriend went to like. All the stores, like all the the major stores, like Walmart, Target, and stuff, we couldn't find any. And there's ah. actually someone looking for one the same time we were at Target. It's just like you have to buy them online now. 
I guess that's true, yeah. right? You I mean, probably you can do like a makeshift fondue, I guess. Just get like a pot with you, you can, know, right? I know sticks, you just sticks. have to get wooden skewers from the right. grocery aisle or whatever, but it's not the same, you yeah. know. I bet yeah. Cooks a Crook as Hill has it. Maybe, maybe specialty stores. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm at least a little vindicated that the youths <laughs> are well. Everything old is new again. <laughs> Okay, here's another, old. Here's a question now. My favorite form of fondue, and weekly dishers who have been listening to the show forever know this, um, is raclette. Do you know about raclette? I do. What do you know about it? I know that I've had really bad ones. <gasps> really? Yes. In I've what never had a good one. Oh! Okay, well then you have to come over. So raclette yes, is the Swiss uh, tradition of like heating cheese and there's two ways to do this right there's the ones that you know are sort of on a like this half wheel of this swiss cheese is on a stand and then they sort of blow torch the edge of it and then this avalanche of beautiful cheese slides off onto your plate or your ham or your pickles or potatoes or whatever and it's marvelous it's kind of a ski hill thing right Yes. Yes. Not not my thing. So that but. is not your. And then the other way of doing it is what I have, which is a raclette maker, which is like a little tabletop, almost like a hibachi. You know, it's like a tabletop. It's like a tabletop broiler is what it is. And I have these little trays that have that you put your cheese and your stuff in and then you stick it under the broiler. And you get this right. beautiful broiled, like melty cheese situation. I'm gonna have to reclet tonight. Now. So it's kind of s'mores meets hibachi meets yeah. fondue. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. It's a little bit more like it's a li- so. Here's the here's my issue with the traditional avalanche of cheese style is that it gets burny and it also gets real smelly sometimes. Oh, the the cheese smell? I think so. Mm. Or it gets smoky. I don't know. But like, where the, do they do that in town? Well, they used to do it at Brasserie Central. Which they don't doesn't exist anymore. So right. I don't know who's doing it like that in town. And listeners, if you want to call in and tell me if someone is doing it like that in town, I do know that France Forty Four has this. And raclette is the cheese, like it's the Swiss cheese. Like that's you buy a cheese called raclette, and it might be raclette or whatever. But you know, I think it's fine. Um, but I do think that there's something to say about the fact of like you know having a melty cheese situation, and fondue is the easiest way of doing that. I think. Except your stuff falls in. Do is that a thing? Do you hate that? Is that bugging you? I guess I you know again not not in my wheelhouse. Okay, so I is did, that what the kids say nowadays? Wheelhouse? <laughs> yeah, the wheelhouse. That's what they say. Um, we did. I did find this article on in Architectural Digest, and Rachel, this has places. This has like I, this is actually gonna, you should be looking at this because it has a fondue set for every like way and means, and it says what can you use it for besides fondue. And so you're right. It's all online, and some of them are so spendy that it makes me want to cringe. But you know, like there's a hundred thirty dollar Emile Henry fondue set, which is gorgeous. It's a lightweight ceramic pot, you know, whatever. But you can cook soups and stews in it. They're saying, like, because it's this ceramic, really great pot, right? And then they have this like the Staub mini cheese fondue pot, which is one hundred forty bucks at Amazon, which is like, you know, this like thing that just sort of sits on your stove and does, and you could. But that's just a pan, right? Is that just a pan? Am I crazy? I think, though, I think it's a trend nowadays for people. I mean, I'm speaking for myself and just my friends and stuff and people in their 20s that we we want to have like uh, things that are for specific cooking purposes, like standing mixers and fondue sets and walks and stuff like that. I mean, we have no space for them, but it's just nice to have because it it brings an experience to like the cooking process and stuff like we're, we're doing that 
um, I guess, intentional experience for that one meal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute, it is an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is good. This is Gen Z. This is a Gen Z take, a hot take. I love that. I I love the, are you, no, you're kind of millennial Gen Z. You're in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I feel like I'm more on the millennial side just because I have like older siblings and older friends. True. Okay. But yeah, I'm on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Okay. This is interesting though, because I always think about, you know, like, you know, you and I are, like I said, we're in the older side of we've been cooking, we've done all these things, we eat differently. And I always think like, what is the next, like what, who's coming up and what are they thinking about when they're making these purchases? And like when, when we talk about fondue, is that something that someone's going to go out and they're going to go buy something for it? Or will they try to hack it? Or will they, will they deep dive into history of it? Like to me, that's half of the interesting factor about all of this, you know, is to see how everyone experiences it so differently. Right. And it is the experience. Like she said that I think you do need the actual thing. I think that sitting around the table with it and burning your fingers and dropping your bananas and your chocolate, that's all a part of the experience. Yes. I think if you're faking it on the stovetop, you know, I have a, one of those fake s'mores things. Oh, like a, like a burner that you then, I mean, that's a thing. Like you're right. Like for me, that is like, I don't, I will never make a s'more inside my house. My, S'mores will always be made. I will actually have been known to light a small fire outside just so I can have s'mores. That you know is what I mean? not surprising. I know. I love fire. <laughs> but like, I also have like this little weird, like, well, I bought a, a Mung grill or, you know, like a, oh, cool. a street grill, charcoal grill from yeah. Yia at Mung Kitchen. Yeah. You know Mung Kitchen? And it's like, it's like you, it's like this big. It's out of a bucket. It's made out of a bucket. Oh. And so I can make a little fire and I can take the fire anywhere. Right. It's amazing. Anyway. Um, so I agree. And I am all about, and I do know that there's like, I have this feeling about like exactly what Rachel was talking about, like blenders and like, you know, like I have, there's like a smoothie blender or, you know, it's like sort of gadgety, but it's less gadgety. Cause it's not like you're out buying like one knife that is a specific garlic peeling knife or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's also bigger things. That people right. are buying. Has that ever gone away, the single-use appliances? I don't think that's ever maybe that's been never out of away. fashion. No, maybe you're right. Just look at my counter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the gadget that you have that you bought thinking that you would use it a lot that you never do? Juicer. A juicer? Yeah. I would Is agree. anybody in the market for a juicer? Let me know. <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> I'll just drop it off. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Juicers. Do you have a pro- do you have an item that you thought you would use that you bought that you were like... And then you never use it. Oh man, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty stingy when it comes to purchasing appliances or like knives and stuff. But um, my yeah, like a cheese knife. Like I have a cheese knife set because yeah. the whole like charcuterie thing sure. was like a, a thing. And so I have like three different sets of cheese knives. Yes, like I never use them. Never I'm just, use them. I'm just gonna use like a steak knife to just chop into the cheese with. So yeah, that's about it. Though I will tell you, I have a number of cheese knives as well. That you know, a number. That sometimes I've been given gifts like, and you know, and you're like, oh, this is great. I And the amount of branded things that I have decided to like be done with, you know, that's just a whole nother topic. But, but I would say that the juicer, I know my mom gave me her juicer a while ago. I don't even, I think she has it back now. She's it's an heirloom piece. <laughs> she might have it back, but I don't, but I don't like, I definitely have the blend jet that I bought the little one, the USB blender. Remember? Yes. And I love that thing. And like, that is different from a blender that I use for, 
you know, bigger purposes, but like that for smoothies and salad dressings and quick things. And so to me, that was like a moment of like, this actually works so much better than this hulking machine that I bought before. Right. Right. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. The opposite end of that is something that, so my, my husband and my daughter gave me years ago, the Nespresso, um, Fomer for oh. coffee, speaking back to coffee yeah. for your milk, for your coffee. And I can't imagine life without it now. See, it's little and things. And I thought, oh, this is know. such a luxury. I'm right. not going to. No. No, you never know what's going to like, what's going to like be significant to you at what time. Too. Right. And in a fire, that's what's coming with me. Oh, interesting. I, I also have a frother. You- <laughs> yes, right, <laughs> Rachel? It gives you like the the illusion of being of having like a latte, you know, like if you just like froth some creamer and put it in your black coffee it yeah. just it changes the it changes entire, your whole yeah. experience in your day yep it does okay True. ladies i love this this is a great segment all right we're gonna take a quick break you guys when we come back we do have the ask stephanie portion of the show so if you want to call in and let us know uh you know maybe uh, an appliance that you bought that you thought you would love and you don't or one that you sort of hat you know haphazardly bought and now it's like part of your life and it's more important than your children. Let us know. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is a Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Please join us for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You can give us a call at 651-641-1071. You can try to send us a message and I can try to answer them if it's an email because for some reason my phone is all wonky from the cold last night. Um, we have all sorts of connections. We have Alex Lander here. If you have any questions about um, coffee, for sure, and coffee culture and food writing and all the good stuff, we do have a caller. We have Bobby on the line. Hey, Bobby, what's going on today? Um, I was just wondering, what about the Birchwood Cafe? We've been checking online, and it's been closed you know, for a while. Yeah. And I'm just kind of curious, are they going to reopen at any time, or are they completely closed so the only in, the intel that I have on that one is that they are closed and that they are they don't have any plans to reopen that they're going to talk about. So um, I think that there's some internal you know issues with ownerships and there's some legal stuff happening. Um, but and I don't I know Tracy hasn't made a statement or anything else, but I do think that it's um, it's just going to be closed for oh, at least permanently. Do you think at least at least a couple months, if not more. So, okay. I mean, we can um, hope that it comes back in whatever way it does. Um, but I just, yeah. I, I don't want to speak to anything that I don't know about. But thank you right, for asking. Exactly. Cause what, what my husband and I, we, we paid in for, you know, oh, the community supported restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. For the restaurant. And we just wanted to go and, you know, volunteer, you know, get our, get, um, and get some food there and then pay, you know, like pay forward, right. you know, pay it forward to somebody else to, you know, to get a meal and stuff like that. So, oh, well. Oh, Bobby. Thank well, you. you know what? I'll do a little digging this week and see what I can come up with next week for you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you Thanks, very Bobby. much. Thanks, Bobby. Have you a great guys one. Have a great day. You too. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time out there, folks. And that's the thing is like, I know that this is, and the Birchwood has gone through its own issues of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complexity with that one. But it is, you know, there's a lot of hard stuff with restaurants right now. And, you know, it is sort of a crazy space. Have you noticed anything while dining out? You? You know, it feels pretty good. Yeah. It feels pretty good right now. We rarely go out anymore, to be perfectly honest. Sure. And I hate that I'm saying that, but it's true. I think for me, it's more just because it's cold and yeah. I don't want to leave my house. Because, <laughs> yeah, I know. January is a, a particularly tough nut to crack. You know well, what I mean? It's a bad month for restaurants. I yeah. get that. It has nothing to do with COVID even. But, yeah. 
Yeah, take out. Take out. Just keep supporting yeah. by by taking out. Then you don't have to deal with safety measures yeah. and just but keep supporting right. the restaurants if you care about them. 651-641-1071 if you have uh, a comment, a concern, a question, anything like that on this gray, gray day. Hey, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, do you know about like uh, the Epicurious situation that's happening? Do you follow Bon Appetit? Do you subscribe to Bon Appetit? That whole thing? I do subscribe. <clears throat> Don't know if I'm following. So did you see, did you get an email? Are you registered? So uh, by asking about, I have a one listener, Jilly, who always you know, we text back and forth about stuff, but she and I both, there's an interesting thing that happened this week with okay. Appetit, you know, and they've had, no, don't know about it. Okay. So Epicurious, if you remember, did you like Epicurious was one of the very first recipe sites Yes, on the internet and you had to go to specialty stores to buy every single ingredient. They launched it in 1995. Wow, really? Isn't that nuts? It, it feels like it. It does. If you think about that, that I was two years out of college at that point. My God, it feels like a nineties thing. That's too. like a, that's like very first internet stuff. Like that's yeah. Like think about that. Yeah, I was. I am. It's making me feel old. I know. Thanks. It's making me feel old. It's great. Although I still feel like the nineties were like yes, ten years ago. <laughs> Weren't they? <laughs> nope. Um, <clears throat> so listen. Uh, so this is what happened. So Epicurious said, or so Dawn Davis, who is the now, you know, the big honcho at Bon Appetit, beautiful woman. Um, she says, basically, they launched Epicurious in 95. It was one of the first recipe sets on the Internet. It began with a mere 5,000 recipes from the back issues of Gourmet and Bon Appetit. But over the years, Epicurious has grown that number exponentially and has become much more an essential source for hungry, curious home cooks searching for recipes and cooking guidance. Um, so they've got a lot of expert-led, tested recipes. They dive into the history of ingredients. They curate meal plans, all this kind of stuff at Epicurious. Um, and so now they have launched and decided to launch uh, a paid recipe subscription on both Epicurious and Bon Appetit. I don't know if you've run into this, if any of you guys have, but I have run into it because I was looking for a... Uh, chicken recipe that I had already looked at once before. And then I went looking for it and they were like, you've reached your free articles. I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a subscriber, like all these kind of things, but I hadn't logged in to recreate the connectivities between my things. So here's the deal. They have a recipe subscription on Epicurious and Bon Appetit. Um, So they're saying it's allowing to help us grow, bring you more recipe inspiration um, and sustaining our hard work. Uh, allowing you to bring blah, 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 blah. Basically, they're giving us opportunity to deliver more stories about beloved regional specialties, interactive recipe finders, deep dives, and desserts. And basically, after you view three recipes in a month, you'll be prompted to create a paid account and see more. Subscribers will have unlimited access to the ever-expanding Epicurious and Bon Appetit recipe databases, um, including the vast gourmet recipe uh, that live on there. Um, and that everyone gets unlimited access to articles, videos, and newsletters. But now for recipes, there's going to be a subscription page. I can get behind that. Any, Are you behind any, that? Yeah, any way they can monetize. It's We know how hard it is Listen, in publishing. It's, so. it's print is tough. Okay, so yeah. so here's the, you can have monthly access. Your is first month three and then five bucks a month. You can do that. Annual access. It's going to be $40, but right now it's saving 25% and you get it for $30 a year. $40 a, a year? A year. Oh, come on. Yes. I mean, I have New York Times is 40 bucks a year and that's I have that for sure. For sure. But I'm a subscriber to Bon Appetit. So here's my thing. Oh, so like, how much are you paying for that? No, I, I can't even remember. It's like right. I renews every year. I think it's like 20 bucks. 
But like, I'm fine with that. I like, and I want the print for Bon Appetit specifically because I look to see how they're presenting food in print. But I would do that. You can write this off. I know. <laughs> but, uh, Why are we even talking about it? But other people can. And so I want to know if you sure. think it's worth it. I do. Okay. I do. If you care about good recipes. I think they have really good recipes there. They do. They kind of scare me. I'm not going to lie. I, when I was younger, I liked the more complex, the better, the whole Otolenghi. Yes. 18 kinds of vegetables I've never heard of. That was exciting. Yeah. Now, mm, now it's home cook, simple. Yeah. Well, that's, when I cook, that's also the evolution of, I think, intro, you know what I mean? Like, I think you kind of get to a place where you get good at things and then you find your own home. You know what I mean? You find the things that you love and you keep doing those. Sure. You know, um, hey, let's go with that. Okay. We'll nothing go with that to do with laziness. No, nothing at all. And nothing to do with being tired of everything in that pandemic. Hey, we do have Mary on the line and she has a fondue question. I want to make sure to get to her. Mary, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Great. What's your question or comment? Well, it's not a question. I just was going to comment. Fondue pots are pretty easy to find at either Goodwill or Heart Value Village or a place like that, and you save a lot of money. I didn't even think about that, of course. Brilliant. I'm bringing mine to Value Village. Okay. (laughs) 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 Thank you for the hot tip, Mary. Appreciate you. (laughs) You're welcome. Have a good day. I love your show. Okay, well, look for Alex's uh, fondue pot at your local Value Village. Rachel, you've got the tips. Get on it. Go, girl. All right, you guys, we'll we'll be right back. We're going to set you up with the second hour of Weekly Dish coming up pretty quickly. This is uh, Stephanie March and Alex Lauder on My Talk 107.1.